Have you always wanted to start your own business? Do you have an innovative idea or an invention, but just don't know how to turn it into a company? Are you already in business and need some help growing? The BRF's Entrepreneurial Accelerator Program can help. At EAP, we work alongside you, helping you with things like financial modeling, funding strategy, pitch preparation, and marketing strategy. So what are you waiting for? Go to EAPLA.com today and set up a time to talk with our team. Let EAP help you launch or grow your business in North Louisiana today. Welcome back to On The Cusp. I uh, got my co-host Matt Snyder with me. And today we've got Ashley Rocket from Sheer Technology. Yep. Ashley, now you're from Shreveport, right? Yeah, born and raised and I went to college here as well. And then where'd you go after that? I left here and I went to work for Ernst & Young in Washington, D.C. on wow. Capitol Hill. Don't fall asleep, but I did an audit for the U.S. House of Representatives. Mm. <laughs> and when I moved there, there was a blizzard and the snow was probably up to my waist. And the most snow, you know, you see in Shreveport is a light dusting mm -hmm. about that much right. or some ice. About 48 hours later, I was ready to come back home and <laughs> come back to where we have warm winters. Now you have Shear Technologies, a consulting service company mm -hmm. yep. right here in Shreveport. Yes. Tell us a little bit about Shear. Well, I lasted about six months in the audit world. I'm a little bit too much of an extrovert to mm -hmm. sit there with a pencil and paper and check marks. And that you are. <laughs> things, things of that <laughs> nature. And I went into consulting with Ernst & Young and I traveled kind of all over the U.S. I went to um, Austin, back to D.C. a couple of times, just doing consulting work, mainly around software. So, you know, 2000s, right? We've all got to get new software yeah. in and there's an urgency and, you know, the young kids do all the grunt work and you roll your sleeves up and you get it done. And um, so I did consulting for about 15 years away from Shreveport and then moved back here in 2009. Okay. Well, that's a, a lot of people don't realize that you have a national consulting firm. Yeah, it's, you know, it's really interesting to be based at home where it feels like an old kind of comfortable sweatshirt, you know, you know where the holes are, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know which grocery store you're going to walk into if you're going to see people right. or what restaurants if you want to be seen, you know, those kind of things. But to actually grow a consulting business here, especially as a, a female business owner and, and touch companies like MetLife and Toyota and, and things of that nature has really been an amazing experience over the last 15 years. I'll bet. I'll bet you got some good stories to tell about uh, being a woman-owned business in that male-dominated consulting yeah, field. We opened, we opened in 2010, and there were a lot of companies in Treeport that did consulting services, but not purely consulting. And we're just purely consulting. We do business consulting and IT consulting. And I was very fortunate when I leaped off the springboard that I had a phenomenal partner that took a leap of faith with me. And she's probably five foot four and has really curly hair. I'm much taller and have straight hair. So we would walk into meetings and, you know, we'd be like this with straight hair and curly hair. But we were just this amazing team. And it was very interesting to be women in a room trying to sell you consulting services. First, explain to you why you would even need consulting services. Right. And second of all, that, that we could actually do that. One of our first clients was a CPA firm here who was going into um, mental management. And they said, we want that software. <laughs> and we said, why? And he said, because everybody else has it. Mm. Okay, well, you're not like everybody else. So what do you really need to make your business work. So that, that was one of our first engagements in Shreveport. And then our first big project was actually in Gretna, New Orleans. 
yeah. So we've we've traveled around a lot. It's but very based cool here. to me, and it we don't talk about it, and I don't think I've ever heard anybody really talk about it. The value there is with having locally owned companies that are engaging with the world and the nation and bringing what they're seeing and those ideas back home. Yes, for like, sure. Like I think we get in. I won't say it's a bad thing about our area, but I think like we have to have the influence of other places making it into our businesses and, and what you're doing. I mean, you're definitely seeing what's happening. Well, I think the other thing is too, you know, growing up here, we were always what I would call a shingles and widget town, right? You either hang your shingle out because you're a doctor and a lawyer and your family has been one all your mm -hmm. life or your widget is construction. And yeah, you know, yeah, my yeah. family had four generations of construction. So there was a piece of it that was, um, creating a new industry within our market, yeah, and then obviously, cool. you know, bringing things back that that we learn from from different clients and and things of that nature. Well, I think that's one of the key things that we really need in Shreveport. We need a, a really diverse economy here. All right, we need you know national consulting firms headquarters out of here. We need manufacturing. We need oil and gas. We need all of it. And and the more diverse we are, the better off we are. Yeah, okay? I, I agree. And and I think the more that we would end up keeping the younger population. Absolutely. Me too. Right. Yeah. I Me think too. I graduated and was out of here. Yeah. In you like and I both have daughters. Right. We, we we both have daughters. Okay. In in college, and we want there to be jobs here. Yeah. Right. Yes. We want them to come home. I want to have okay. grandbabies here. Right. Me too. Right? Me know? too. I don't say that around them. I hope they don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, no time soon. No, no time soon. Okay. True. But I, uh, you know, and I'll be honest with you, that's why I left D.C. to come home. Okay. When Dr. George made this opportunity available, I had the corner office, you know, in downtown D.C. All right. I said, I, I can stay here and raise my daughters in this big city, or I can move home to Louisiana, mm -hmm. where my yeah. wife's family and my family is, and I, I want that. It, it didn't even take us, I'll tell you, it didn't even take us two minutes to decide it's a, that's a better deal. It's a very interesting time because I think more of our kids are going to have the choice of working for companies outside of the area from right. here. Yep than any of us did or anybody our age. I think you're gonna be able to do more national work out of Shreveport if you want to. Well, I mean, COVID changed the game. Right. Right. It did. So, it so opened now, a lot of doors. It so did. now, Dave, the culture of wanting to live here and the values of Shreveport has at the size we are, the traffic thing we always talk about, the quality of life with a family. Right. I think, you know, if we continue to lean on that, we have unique advantages. You know, somebody asked me very early on, you know, why I wanted to open a business rather than just working for an established company already here. And I said it all the time. I wanted to be a mom that worked rather than somebody who worked and had a family on, a, on the side. Yeah. And, you know, this community, if my daughter had a play at 1.30 on a Wednesday, nobody's going to say don't go to the play. You know, unless there's something right. really urgent, but that's very rare because we have such a sense of community and such right. a sense of investing in our people and, and just, you know, five other people that I might have worked with for that client might have had a child in the same place. Mm -hmm. So that was a really important part of it to do. And also to show my daughter that you can work as a female with a new idea in a community and 
not necessarily that you can have it all because nobody can give 150% right. to everything, right. but you can develop a, a work-life balance. So we, so we always talk about what's good for Shreveport and then we also talk about being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like, I think about this, like, could you go back to working for somebody? Like right now, if it was like this opportunity, like nine to five, like, I don't think I could, right? I took a, um, a two-year hiatus from consulting, and I went to work with what is now GDIT, and I, I ran the Information Technology Center for the, for the first two years. And it was something that I was really passionate about because, again, it's bringing a new industry to our area. Right. Kids from tech will move back here after school. They have something to do. It's a different industry. So if I was passionate about it, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but my brain no That's longer thinks answer. from eight to noon and then from one to five. That's the part. Yes. Of, right. Like, yeah, yeah. of course, but I can all, go do work. But, or right. Boss. But, but like, really, all industries have changed like that. If, if you think you can go in and work nine to five now. OK, I want to know what that job is. OK, because that's not the way it works for me. Yeah. OK, yeah. I, dr I drive 45 minutes to plane dealing and I'll guarantee you on my way home, I've made three phone calls or three people have called me. That's right? the part of owning your own business that people don't talk about. Right. They always talk about the freedom. Oh, Matt, I saw you jogging at 10 a.m. That's because like, I started well, at 530. At, yeah, yeah. yeah 10 p.m. picking up yep. trash in Providence. Yeah, <laughs> like, they don't. They, they right. don't see they that. They do not see that part, but that's funny. I, I love that. But it is the flexibility of, okay, I'm going to work a 10 or 11 hour day, but I'm going to take those two hours in the middle of the, the day. The freedom's the best. Yeah, I mean, to, it, to is. Go, I it is. I don't tell any. So what do we got to do to get more people to launch businesses in Shreveport? I think it's an understanding of what the community has to offer. I, I really do. And I think, you know, because we're above I-10, I, I don't think we're always given the consideration that we need to be given in order to attract businesses here. You know, there is something to be said for the fact that you can get anywhere in 15 minutes. I mean, when yeah. I lived in Dallas, I probably spent two and a half hours a day in traffic where my child, my six-month-old child, was with a nanny or a babysitter, right. and that's just time you you can't get back. No, I'm yeah. working on a new project of laying artificial turf, and so we went with this group in Dallas that's teaching us, and we're going from job to job, and their guys every day average an hour drive from their office to their job, mm -hmm. then lunch is a whole situation, and then an hour back to their office, and we're like. Wait a minute, we're going to have two more hours of working on the job, probably an hour and 40, yep. that we're not paying guys to drive around in traffic. Right. I mean, that is a big advantage. Yeah, and I, I think the other big advantage is knowing people, right? If anything that would happen in life or in business, I've got five people I could call right. immediately, whether it's on the personal side or the business side. And I think that's more about us as a community and how we support each other. And I think those are the things that we need to communicate out and that we're more right. than a shingles. And I always down. tell people all the time, Shreveport is the smallest big town you're ever going to live in. Yeah. That's because I guarantee you, if you need something, either you know them or you know them or I know them, and we can get to them. Yeah. That is the thing I've, I struggle with a little bit because we are. We are like just big enough to be a big city in a way, to right. be a city. Third largest city in Louisiana. But we're small enough to be real small at times. And like, I think I could make arguments of that being a big plus for us. Sure. I think I could make arguments of that being a real reason for a lot of our struggles. 
So that's like an interesting thing to unpack. I got another struggle. I want to I want to get your perspective okay. on that. Uh, and a, a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll go to economic development meetings or I'll go to a meeting in Baton Rouge or New Orleans, and I'll look around and I'll go, well, wait a minute. I'm the only guy or gal here from Shreveport, Ruston, Monroe. What, what's wrong with this picture? A, a lot of times it, 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 we don't participate, okay? It's just right. too far. I'm in the, the current leadership Louisiana class. We, we finished in January and there are two people from Shreveport and one person from Alec and, and everybody is you know, south of I-10. Yeah. You yeah. said it, and that's what made yeah. me think about it. Everybody was south of I-10, and I understand. I, because I, I've told my crew, I'd love to participate in uh, Louisiana leadership. Cable runs it. It's a great opportunity. Right. I just can't give up that time. But they can, and I want them to do it. And I know you were in that Well, in but that I think class. a lot of that is also our responsibility, right? So I have a huge responsibility to, to nominate as many people as I could from this area for the next class and the next class. Oh, cool. And I think sometimes that's where we perhaps miss that, that being involvement because the, the people that run the program have said, you know, give me more people from North Louisiana, yeah. point us in the right direction. Um, so I think that that's a responsibility that we have to really give yeah, back to the sure. community. That and, is a great and identify observation. Those leaders. I, mean, I think, think we of, should. Yeah. I think if we don't participate, if we're not willing to go south, and be in the meeting in Baton Rouge yep. or be in the meeting in Lafayette, okay? It's not that those people down there are sitting around going, ah, we're not gonna do business in Shreveport. Yeah. Because if they can make money, they're gonna come to Shreveport. And I when mean, you go down there, be cool. <laughs> like I went down there with some group of people and, and you know, all the south of I-10 or, right. you know, oh, Shreveport people, they're difficult. And then I'm watching them be difficult. And I'm going, come on, I'm trying to win these people over. Be cool when you're down there. Well, I, I agree. I think we got to participate. Yeah. Now, I ask everybody this question. Okay. So, what as a community are we doing right? I think what we're doing right as a community, it, I don't know, it sounds strange. I, I think we really take care of each other. Mm. Um, at least the, the people that, that I know that I'm connected to from a, from a professional perspective, and, and all, I mean, a personal perspective is a given, but, but mainly from a professional perspective. And, you know, it was really intimidating to walk into Shreveport, Louisiana. I'd been gone for 13 years. You know, I was raised here. My grandfather, generational business, to walk into, you know, a peer of my father's and say, hey, I want to sell you consulting services. You know, it's very intimidating. Yeah. But those first four or five people that we connected with, we sold business to all five of them. And they were people that I had known through childhood that all of a sudden said, oh, you're not six, you're a professional. Yep. Yeah. And it's just that that taking care and, and giving back and, and really, cool. you know, yeah. letting me jump off the springboard. My, my grandfather was hands down my, my biggest advocate when I um, started my business. And, you know, for that generation who still had some people working, you know, 15 right. years ago, that was a big piece of it. And I to me, that's what I've seen is the piece that we're doing well. We're not gonna stop anyone from succeeding. Somebody might get in their yep. own way, right? but we're not gonna absolutely stop someone from moving forward. That, that, is, that is so great. Now, I gotta tell a story though on you. Oh no. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> and I, I, I tell people all the time, you know, she's the hostess with the mostest because you do the Shreveport Bossier host group for Washington Mardi Gras. On top of your your family, your full-time job, 
you can throw a party. It is the best volatile job my husband ever gave me. 100%. That's where I wanted to go. I wanted to know how you got that job. Okay. Well, actually, my my grandparents ran the Shreveport Bossier Host Group for about 15 years. And then they pass it to Donna Mary Updegraff and Reagan and Margaret Green had it most recently. And, you know, with what Rocky does for the community Mm -hmm. and, and kind of some of that sentimental I'm probably the only person on the planet that's sentimental about Washington Mardi Gras, but I just have so many positive memories about my my grandparents and you know things like that that it just kind of kind of just fell a into natural flow for you that's just awesome. to flow into. Yeah. Well, you're doing an incredible job. <laughs> Thanks. And I heard, and we can edit this if we have to, but <laughs> I heard that we got 155 people from Shreveport Bossier going this year. Yeah, we do. So in 2019, I think we were at like 92 people from Shreveport Bossier and and now we have 155 tickets because I can't do anything on the small scale right right absolutely Absolutely. Um, but I think the most important thing for our region at that event has been the party that we started on Thursday nights and you know nobody again we're not below I-10 we're not well known and we've become and now kind of everybody a, wants to go to your party. Yeah, the suite okay. to go to and, and the suite to go to. But party. I look at Washington Mardi Gras, it's the only place you're gonna be with all of the Louisiana businesses mm-hmm. together, okay, in one place and highlight our community. Yes. That's it. It's the only place you're gonna go. And the and the one to one contact, I mean, you can be standing now, he's the speaker of the house now, so we're probably not gonna be able to get as close to him as we would have perhaps last year, but you could walk into Mike's suite and have a conversation with him Absolutely. for five minutes and then follow up with his chief of staff two weeks later. And it would have cost you hundreds of thousand dollars in lobbying, perhaps to even to get to that point of communication. And, you know, that's really how it was yeah, established. Awesome. And, yep. and hopefully we are, we're bringing some of that back and also highlighting our community, our skill sets, our government officials, um, you know, things like that, which is yep. really important. I think it's very important because it shows Shreveport to the rest of Louisiana in a very different light. Yeah, for and sure. Because of you and what you've done with <laughs> well, that. Well, and Rocky Rocket gra- too. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> but you guys are a team. We are. And we greatly appreciate it. Thank you. All right. It's, well, it's thanks fun. for coming today. Sure. That was awesome. Ah, thank you. Mm-hmm.